Hello, and welcome to the Artificial Podcast, with your host Nick Myers. Artificial Intelligence. Voice Recognition. Machine Learning. Robotic. Actionable Analytics. It is Nick's goal to help everyone understand how AI and voice technology are reshaping our lives both personally and within organizations. Your glimpse into the growing world of AI and voice first starts now. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Welcome to the Artificial Podcast. My name is Nick Myers, and I am here to help break down topics in artificial intelligence and voice first to show everyone how these technologies are going to impact our lives both personally and within organizations. The Artificial Podcast is brought to you by Red Fox AI, helping give brands a voice to the power of AI and voice assistant technology. Hey, Artificial Podcasters, welcome back to another week and another episode of the Artificial Podcast. I'm really excited this week to welcome my guest, Gaurav Mishra from Srijan. I think we're going to have a really interesting talk more on the business of voice tech, given the background that Gaurav has in the space and some of the different things that he's worked on. But before, of course, he and I start chatting, let me tell you a bit about Gaurav Mishra. Gaurav has an 11 plus years accomplished career track in building enterprise partnerships. He currently heads Srijan's U.S. operations and is involved in delivering and sustaining revenue and profit gains in highly competitive U.S. and Asian markets. Prior to Srijan, Gaurav built and sold two successful internet media ventures. He has a deep understanding of evolving technology trends, their impact on enterprises, and how to leverage them to create compelling solutions. Gaurav is especially attuned to the developing voice tech space and helping several global firms across industries find opportunities to leverage voice tech. Gaurav, welcome to the Artificial Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. So thanks a lot for a lovely introduction. Yeah, absolutely. And first and foremost, thank you again for reaching out to me on Twitter after I posted that call for speakers. I'm I'm always looking for some great people. And, you know, I think you can agree a majority of voice voice folks do tend to hang out on Twitter. So whenever there's different opportunities, I think we all just want to jump on them because we enjoy what we're working on so much. No, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh... Uh, that is something that you know I was referring to, uh, you know, talking to somebody in the industry as well. That unlike other communities out there, which are very much you know hanging around Meetup.com or you know even mm-hmm. Bright, I think especially the voice first community is very very active on Twitter, right? And it's still a very early days, and that's why it's a very closed knit uh, community. Everybody knows each other, you know, it's early days in in, in terms of voice voice touch tech so yeah um, you know we all all are there we all are, you know sharing each other uh, lovely content you know uh, so yeah pretty cool, close knit community on twitter yeah and I, I at project voice a couple of weeks ago i was talking with quite a few people and i think we all were of the consensus that we hope it stays this way for quite some time yet because it's it's just nice to be able to bounce ideas off of different people and have discussions and support one another without necessarily kind of always having the fear like you get in some other communities and industries where you just feel like people are using you for info and then they're going to backstab you and different things like that. So I'm really happy as well that the community is in the current state it's in and and I hope it stays that way for quite some time yet. But first and foremost, I would just like to kick things off here by just, of course, getting to learn more a bit about your background as, as well as for the listeners. So what led you to get started in the technology space and ultimately voice tech at this point? 
Sure, absolutely. So we uh, we do work a lot with the Fortune 500 globally. You know, um, uh, the decision uh, is in about 11 countries now, and you know we do tend to work with uh, you know mostly you know Fortune 500s. Uh, uh, and we started this journey with voice tech about uh, four years back, if I'm not wrong, and you know with the with the company which is into cleaning, right, into cleaning industry, very interesting domain. And uh, uh, we, you know, started this conversation with the chatbot and chatbots were something that people were looking at that time and realized that more than the chatbots, the problem that we were looking to solve, uh, you know, for their client base, which was essentially in, you know, one of the largest uh, food, uh, you know, fast food uh, chain in the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, you know, they realized that, you know, more than the bots, chatbots, you know, it's the voice that can something solve the problem because we were looking to solve the problems of executives, which are very busy, which doesn't have a lot of time, are always on the road, right? Uh, and are not looking to really uh, open applications and you know, input data, any kind of data, right, or content. And that's where we uh, you know, built that platform for them, uh, which was essentially a way to analyze data and consume information, right? Uh, so the way that you and I consume information in a traditional sense, is by looking at charts, right? And, you know, making a decision mm -hmm. after looking at that uh, data and making a decision, right? What we did is we um, essentially, you know, changed that experience uh, and transformed that experience completely from looking at the charts, making a decision to essentially talking to a bot and, um, you know, essentially getting the same data, analyzed data, uh, right? So you, it takes away the whole idea of, you know, focusing on to looking at the chart and trying to find a, you know, an answer, right? And, and asking that question uh, directly from the bot, which is very successful. We actually had a retention rate of users from about 7% to, you know, 35% wow. in the initial user base, uh, which was which was, which was phenomenal. Um, you, know, uh, you know, and look, given that, you know, all this was a legacy tableau-based systems, you know, from, from which the, which is, which is very, very common in enterprises, right? Uh, so moving from tableaus to, you know, uh, to a voice-based system was just very successful. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. And those are some, some really exciting numbers that you have there about the retention rate that you have for, for the chatbot tech that you've been able to deploy. Um, I, I guess, aside from your work at, at Srijan too, I know you would be mentioned in our initial intro conversation, um, you yourself had had two very successful internet media companies. What was it like um, starting those, I guess, maybe more in the early days of, of tech or the internet? And what was it like building those and, and that whole experience? I, I really think, I've, to me, that's interesting because I feel like for you, that may have set the stage for what you're doing now with Srijan and voice tech. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And these were very early days. You know, uh, one of the reasons that I like the whole Twitter-based community on, you know, on of voice first because you know, similar to that, we had used to had IRCs, and you know, we used to hang around IRC channels. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, especially the open source community used to be pretty much like that uh, in the in that early days. You know, 2002, 2003. You know, about it's been about 15, 16, 17 years before you know before this this time. And you know it was very much you know similar to that. Twitter was pretty much non-existent at that time, you know, and everybody was hanging out in the in the tech culture, right, in IRC yeah. channels, right. Pretty much what what Twitter is today. And uh, uh, so yeah, I ran you know a couple of companies, you know, one into you know hosting domain space, which was very lucrative, right, in 2003-04. Uh, not anymore. 
uh, and then uh, we ran a, a digital uh, social media agency, actually one of the first uh, social media agency in India. Uh, and we used to, uh, we, we handled and built a social strategy for Samsung uh, and launched wow. the first Samsung uh, smartphone in India. The first smartphone, which was Galaxy S. Uh, you know, uh, I don't remember. It's probably, yeah, it was around 2010, 2009, 10, uh, you know, was, was, was the, you know, timeline. Yeah. And uh, then we launched the first uh, tab and then initial uh, operating system of uh, Samsung, which was called Bada OS at that time. It's not, it doesn't exist anymore. But Samsung launched a phone called Samsung Wave and they launched uh, OS as well, Bada OS to compete with Android and uh, you know, uh, iPhone, uh, you know, essentially, but, but didn't work out. So we did all that, um, you know, very interesting times. We did uh, work with other, you know, telecom companies in India at that time in building, um, you know, the digital and social, uh, you know, strategies and did some very interesting launches. So yeah, that, that actually gave me, uh, you know, insight into coming. And I always wanted to uh, do work in, and always liked to do work into, you know, cutting edge technologies, right? So at that time, social was a cutting edge, right? Uh, uh, you know, this is 2008, you know, 11 years back. Social was something that was going in. Nobody really understood what social was at that point of time. And, right. uh, and that excited me, right? Similar to what voice is today, right? It's, it's new, it's, you know, the, the new kid on the block. Uh, people are still understanding how uh, this is gonna work and, you know, fit into the ecosystem. Uh, so yeah, that, that really excites me as a personal, um, you know, hobby, if you will, or a habit, if you will. So, you know, apart from work, you know, I keep on, uh, you know, uh, working a lot in this industry, you know, confronting with organizations, uh, talking into conferences, uh, you know, so yeah, that, that's definitely a, a big uh, area that I'm interested in. No, that, that's fascinating, especially that you were able to work on something as significant as the first Samsung phone launching in India. I mean, talk about a campaign to, to have to put together and, and and work on to promote a product like that throughout India, which of course there's a lot of people, and that's a, it's a very large country. So that that's just I, ca I can't even imagine that 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 must have been an incredible experience. So oh, that was that was you used to have like millions sort of dollars, yeah, uh, worth of money in terms of ad spend. Imagine you know doing that that kind of a planning, right? Uh, so it was it was very very nice, you know, uh, uh, in doing doing the such kind of uh, you know campaigns. Yeah, so, so I guess taking a look at your prior experience with both the work you did at the, the digital marketing agency and your company before that, what are, are two things that you found to be most important that you learned that you have still carried with you to the work you're doing now with, with StreetGen and, and Voice Tech? Sure, so I think most of the important, most important piece, right, that uh, at least, you know, which, which pretty much, you know, stays all, stayed all, all, all my life, right? All my career was essentially looking at, you know, the, the personas of, of the consumers, right? Um, and, you know, how these consumers are going to interact with this technology, right? In, interact with this new kid on the block, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's social or it's, it's voice, right? It's, you know, it, understanding that, that whole, you know, dynamics of that user ecosystem, right? And saying that, you know, what user would be doing, where they are going to uh, come in, how they're mm -hmm. going to use the systems, how they're going to use social, how they're going to use voice is, uh, is, is actually something that we, we worked on very early in our career, me and, you know, my, my, 
my found my co-founder at that particular time and you know, pretty much stayed with me uh, which which i think worked worked in you know really well for me um, yeah. uh, you know all all these years yeah very interesting yeah i i can definitely see how that would having those those experiences specifically the one that we've been talking about with launching the samsung phone being still very early in the days of social media marketing how that then would translate to you just feeling so comfortable jumping into something like voice tech because it really is the same thing right now. <laughs> it really feels like the early days of social where people yeah. are on it, but they have no clue what to do with it and everybody's just playing around with it. So I, I really think that's interesting. The experiences you had in there, how, how easy it seems they were able to translate into to what you're doing now. So, and it's, it's really fun to build the groundwork. It's really fun yeah. to build the ecosystem, you know, uh, create initial successes, uh, you know, create uh, you know, create a narrative, right, in the industry. Um, uh, it's it's really fun, right? It's catching, uh, it's it makes you alive, right, all the time. Uh, you know, so obviously there's a lot of things that goes into it. There's a lot of uh, you know traditional frameworks, traditional work from a marketing work that that needs to happen. But you know, working on cutting edge, you know, always help you to uh, you know stay a step ahead, right, in in, in the industry. Right, and. You know, there's a lot of startup companies that are starting to sprout and pop up all across the voice space. So given you are somebody who has been a founder a handful of, of different times, what is one piece of essential advice that you would give to early stage startup founders who are currently working in the voice tech space? Sure. I think, uh, and, and that's an interesting topic, Nick, because, you know, I've seen a lot of, uh, because we started this into the space like four or five years back and. You know, we've, we've even tried ourselves, uh, you know, multiple uh, startup tools uh, for our clients uh, while we were, you know, building, building their, you know, their voice, you know, tech for them. And we were, you know, quite a few of them till now, right? About eight to 10 different, uh, you know, enterprises, of, you know, for implementing their voice in, in different other use cases. And one of the challenges that, you know, we saw and we saw a lot of companies, you know, winding down as well in the last few months where they were very focused on the only the D and Y, you know, kind of experience. They're just mm -hmm. doing drag and drop, chatbot builder, right. which was just limiting to a particular use case, right? And a big challenge with is that, you know, when you are working with, you know, large organizations or any any time when you're building, you know, voice uh, experience, right? It, it's very difficult to judge and find out, you know, what people are going to ask, right? So you have to work into a little bit free flow, um, you know, uh, system where it, allows you to essentially create different, uh, you know, utterances uh, in, in, a, in a more, uh, you know, wholesale manner, if you will, right? and, you know, not restrict to a particular workflow, right? And a lot of tools, which were very early, you know, building it and actually wound up, you know, with, you know recently, some of them are still successful, including voice flow, uh, but, uh, but most of them wound up, right? And one of the challenges was this, because you can't stick to a workflow while you're building a voice experience. Right. You know, you have to uh, work with, uh, you know, a lot of data, a lot of content uh, and something that, you know, keeps on going to add and add, right? You cannot, and you would have to, so once, once, for example, when we used to launch these experiences for our clients, one of the important part of the ongoing operations was essentially to look at the analytics and understand that what people are asking. And uh, we, uh, we used to build this NLP, uh, you know, algorithms, uh, not only voice, but used to collect the content even from emails as well, right? Because we used to, so for example, we worked with, a, with an organization who had, a, you know, who used to get about 5,000 emails uh, every month, right? From, from, a, from users, right? And we essentially built a platform uh, which was a combination of voice and chat 
but mm-hmm. the whole uh, the business value for them was to understand you know and, and reduce the, the the overload right that their their customer care had right now when you're looking at doing this you know there is a lot of different kind of questions uh, would come in and in different manners right it's very very difficult it's almost impossible to even judge and understand that what kind of a question that would be asked and in what manner right same question can be asked in you know 20 different manners and you know so you have to be have a system a build build if you're building uh, in uh, for this ecosystem build something that can scale right think about right. alibaba use case think about you know amazon use case you know think about use cases which uh, would you know end up having 10000 20000 queries a month right if you if you don't have that groundwork ready right and uh, and you know you're not building for that it's it's very difficult right it's very difficult to sustain yes uh, because at least the right now the companies just spending in this space are only big players right there are not many small players which are spending in the system and it's they might that happen you know at some point of time but it's not something that's going to happen in the next two years at least right so if you're looking right. at you know going to market and looking at that million dollar deals in in the voice space you have to build for scale Absolutely. And and that's one thing we've especially found as well is we've started helping different brands and organizations leverage voice technology is it to your point, it, it has to be scalable and even, you know, alongside with it being scalable, it, it has to solve a problem. And, you know, I don't know if you've encountered this, but we've had a lot of people who just for the sake of deploying voice for the sake of deploying voice just want to deploy it without any real reason behind it. And that's, I, I've been very candid with people saying, you know, this is one of those things where you don't necessarily want to have shiny objects in them because if you do deploy it and it doesn't solve anything, then you're just going to have it stuck in your mind that this is a worthless piece of technology when really, as those of us know who have been working with it for a couple of years now, understand that this is just a complete fundamental shift in interface and technology. So one thing we always try to tell people as well, along with, of course, it being scalable is it has to solve a problem. If it doesn't solve a problem, then there's no point deploying it. And of course that can be said with a multitude of different things, but it has to solve a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I also talk in, 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 in multiple conferences is is the content strategy around it. Right. Mm -hmm. I think the main core idea on voice is the whole content strategy piece. Right. And, uh, that content strategy, you know, cannot uh, live in a silo, right? And you cannot start building content only for voice, right? It has to be, you know, com- you know, uh, it has to be looked into cohesively along with your overall content strategy, right? L'Oreal is a very good example. L'Oreal did, uh, you know, some fantastic stuff, you know, in their overall content strategy on how they were building content, right? In terms of the users, how they were, you know, looking to get into that featured snippets uh, all the time with all the users which are coming in, right? And it's actually showing them very good results. Uh, similarly to L'Oreal, and it's a public case study, so I can, you know, talk about them. So, you know, and similarly to L'Oreal, uh, you know, there, I know there's a lot of different brands which are now realizing it, that, you know, you cannot have a different content strategy uh, for voice because, you know, because you're just getting to the voice. So you have to look at your content strategy holistically, right? And essentially, you know, tween, tune your, uh, current content strategy to ensure that you know whatever the content that you're building is future proof yeah, essentially you know ready for ready for google ready for alexa to essentially consume easily yeah i i completely agree and i definitely know two other people who would very much agree with you have you have you met scott and susan westwater oh yeah absolutely yeah, yeah they they yeah. if there's anybody in the voice space who have the flag of content strategy 
for voice in the air, it is them, but they're, they're right about a lot of different things. And, and I know them very well personally too, but I've had a lot of fascinating discussions with them, even on just this, just content when it comes to voice being so different from any other type of content strategy. And it's just a completely different way of thinking. And I think a lot of organizations tend to think, well, you can apply the content design and content strategy of the written word and written content and visual-based content to this. Two totally different things. Yeah. So yeah, I... Absolutely. And there's a, there's a very good case study about Georgia Gov, you know, uh, how they essentially go back you know, and essentially change their content strategy on, on their website to reflect on, you know, how the people were asking questions on Alexa, right? And they realized that there were a lot of uh, blind spots, right? Where they assumed a lot of things that the people would understand in a, con in, in a, in a web-based interface, right? So they actually looked at, uh, and, you know, one of the person who was, you know, leading this uh, term, this, you know, conversation legibility of content. Are you, is, your, is your content conversation legible or not, right? Is that something that can be, uh, when it's heard, can be understood or not, right? It's the same content. So there's one way, one point where you're reading the content and you're understanding it. But can you understand the same content when you're hearing it? Right. Conversation legible is, is, a, is a very, very important uh, thing, which is, which is mostly afterthought, right, in the content strategy. And it's becoming uh, a centerpiece, at least in all of our conversations uh, with our clients. Fantastic. Yeah, it, as it should be. And one thing I've been thinking a lot about too, as it comes to the content approach and the design approach to voice as a whole is I, I really think for at least what I've noticed over the past couple of years, and I, I can't, of course, point out any, any group of people, one, one person in particular, that would be a bit ridiculous. But I think the consensus I found is the design and strategy behind developing a voice app has always been a bit platform focused, more so than it has been human focused. And I think it's really important more so now than ever before, especially as we're now in 2020 and we're right on the cusp of this really booming in the next year or so, is what is the human outcome of what you're designing for? What is the human outcome of your content that you're putting in to voice applications. I think that is something that everybody, not only in the space, but if, if you're someone who's even interested in voice technology, you have to think more than ever, what is, what is the human outcome of, of what you're building and why you're deploying the technology? So I'm really glad you brought that up because now you kind of got me on my whole human outcome design philosophy thing that I've been mulling over in my head for quite some time. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the centerpiece. And, 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 and funny thing is that, you know, people actually outside the voice are, you know, understanding it very, you know, now, right. And as they are getting into uh, this, uh, and usually when all the content strategy, uh, you know, was very centered, you know, onto the web point of view or mobile, if you will, right, mostly, you know, and, and the change is happening now for the last two, three years, right, uh, where you have multiple channels coming in from a content consumption point of view, right? You have the same content being displayed on a digital display, the same content being you know, displayed on web, uh, on, you know, onto mobile, onto voice, right? Onto watches, mm -hmm. right? And mostly, you know, if, if all goes well, probably in, in, in smart glasses as well, very soon, right? Now, if, if you're, you know, consuming the content in multiple channels, what your content strategy looks like, right? Because now it's your content strategy is, should be very different Yep. than what a usual content strategy was, right? Uh, yep. Two, three years back. So there's a fundamental shift in the, in the, in the industry uh, and, and actually the whole rise of headless content management systems, uh, which, which 
cropped up in many you know last few years and you know i'm having some very successful startups in this space are actually all you know built around that that central idea right that your content can be consumed on any channel not on web yeah right? so this is very interesting space um, uh, definitely you know there's a lot happening now on that side Absolutely. So changing gears a, a bit now, as we've kind of dove into the content piece of this, this whole puzzle, which I think is really important, but what do you think are some key business development tactics and strategies that voice text startups and really just anybody who is trying to grow their business in voice can deploy to start growing market share and start reaching other organizations? Because of course, it sounds like through your work at Sregen, you've been able to really form a, a couple of really, really interesting and key partnerships. So what are, what are some different things that you think other businesses and other companies within voice or even companies that are looking to specialize in voice from what they already do can do to start connecting with the people that matter in, in order to grow their market share? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, in my, and if you if if any organization or any business that is looking to essentially go after enterprises, right, and you know find out uh, you know how how to win business, you know, via these enterprises and in the voice space, what they should look at is actually you know looking at you know um, solving a particular business problem, right, and solving something problem mm-hmm. yep. which has been a very process centric problem for them, right? Automation. So for example, you know, automation is a is a big investment. In, in all these organizations and something is very matured now, right? That's something that was, that started happening about, you know, five, six years back. And, you know, it's definitely, you know, extracting a lot of investment in these organizations. They have their, you know, buy-in from the management and they are actually having a lot of legacy systems, uh, which are, uh, you know, essentially very process-centric, right? Now, how do you take these processes and essentially enable it via voice, right? For people to, you know, interact with very quickly or interact with and, you know, work on with, right? And how do you essentially enable, you know, internal, um, you know, uh, internal things like, for example, learning, intranet, right? Knowledge sharing, right? Some very, you know, usual problems uh, where uh, a lot of, lot of investment is going in. So look at the business problems and, you know, it's not only has to be internal, but external as well. And, and, and build a view around that particular industry. I, I, I would suggest personally to start with one of the few industries, one, two, three industries that you mm-hmm. are really comfortable with, right? right. And, and, and start building a view of that and say that, you know, so that when you are, when you are talking to them, when you are on the table with them, uh, you totally understand that how you're going to solve their business problem with the voice, not the vice versa, right? How, how, how you're going to implement the voice and something you're going to have, you know, you, you find and, you know, hope that it happens from the, from a business point of view, but looking at the problem statement from the, from the business angle and starting from there and enabling it via voice, right. Uh, should be the way, right. And, you know, in our experience, we have, we have ended up doing not only the voice while, while that was the, always the, the use case. And we went into that conversation in that manner. Uh, we ended up doing a lot of automation on the backend as well, right. Mm-hmm. Where, which, which attracted a lot of automation, uh, you know, a lot of investment uh, from, from, from these enterprises. Because while we are going into this and implementing voice as a channel, uh, you know, the, the data or the content on the backend is, is usually not ready, right? The interfaces right. are not ready to be consumed and uh, over voice. So the whole modernization on the backend, you know, attracts, uh, you know, a lot of investment, which only not, you know, can be consumed over voice, but in multiple methods as well, right? Uh, it can be, 
it can be chat it can be you know all either commands or it can be consumed by different other systems via apis right but but you know modernizing these systems which can be then consumed via voice is, is essentially a very big space in enterprises and and one of the reasons that enterprises are going to voice as a channel because they are realizing that you know you cannot keep on investing money again and again in building the the front end technologies right? right and and voice is a, is a, is a very easy way to consume content is a very easy way to a very natural way right to essentially uh, you, you know take information understand information right and uh, when when you when when all these enterprises are looking at uh, and that's that's a pretty much the same reason that while low code uh, systems like out systems and you know uh, other low code tools are very popular these days because you know finally there uh, there are there is technology out there in with the enterprises that they can actually not rely on it too much but can build uh, you know all these applications themselves and that's where they're looking at the voice right and they're saying that okay we in the end what they want to do is to access their data access their content in a easy fast manner and voice is giving them a channel which is cost efficient uh, easy to understand very need very less um, you know trainings to essentially use it it's very you know human centric right so you there, there is literally no training required for using these tools and trust me you know you know in, when when any tools is being implemented in these enterprises training the audience on that tools is a big cost very very big yes cost, huge cost right and what a huge cost right and you know and what these enterprises are realizing that voice is very very natural for them so you know if they invest into it and you know uh, and, and 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 essentially consume content or consume data the training cost goes down big time so th- these are these are the usual uh, reasons right and i think if you look at the problem uh, from that angle right solving their business problems and using voice as a channel right uh, i think you would be very very uh, this this organization should be very very successful i think that is absolutely excellent advice and it, it, it again it goes to that point that we've kind of been more or less is the theme of what we've been talking about here where it has to solve a problem and and it and you have to take it from that perspective because if you don't it's going to be 10 times harder to truly understand the reasoning behind why you're even deploying this technology and whether the people you're actually trying to implement it for and build it for are going to care about it. And then of course, if you're an enterprise level organization, like you've been talking about, there are so many different costs that go in to deploying things like this. And of course, voice is is definitely easier because there really is no training per se, because we all know how to speak. There still are so many supplemental costs that go into that. So I agree completely with you that looking at the problem from the angle of what you're solving, as I've echoed over and over and over again, is the way to go. And I think especially for companies that are just starting in the voice space, we we know that voice can be applied to so many different industries and so many different markets that it really is hard to narrow in on one specific market. But as with any business venture, once you identify what those core markets are and narrow down the problems associated with them, sky's the limit. And I, I really like how you mentioned that as well by targeting one to three strategic markets that you're comfortable with and just analyzing what the problems are and going for it. Yeah, absolutely. So through your work with Sri Jan, how have you been able to leverage voice technology either internally or with other organizations? And I know you said you've made a, a couple of different partnerships here and have done a couple different projects. I don't know if you want to dive into one or two of those. Sure. Uh, so we are actually one of the 
um, you know, uh, preferred partners um, um, in in the AWS with the within AWS ecosystem, um, uh, and you know, especially in the in the in the UK region, in the European region, we have done a lot. Uh, you know, in with AWS, uh, we've also you know built uh, essentially tools which AWS teams are using essentially from a go-to-market point of view um, uh, in doing different demos. Uh, you know, showcasing capabilities of Lex. Uh, which is essentially the the NLP engine of Alexa, right? And and that's that's a big uh, uh, big big reason, right? Uh, you know where why we have been successful in the in the in the voice and the, and the uh, you know chat uh, chatbot space because of that partnership, right? Um, you know, there was a lot of learning that came into that, and and you know we are you know taking up that learnings into uh, into other markets as well. Apart from you know that partnership, uh, we've been also uh, you know building a lot of lot of bots on on dialogue flow and you know uh, and that's something that's been very successful as well we're using dialogue flow in multiple ways where we are not only you know uh, you know consuming content over over voice but also on mobile apps building this custom mobile apps right and you know uh, running this you know automated uh, you know and uh, you know essentially utterances which is consuming content uh, on this mobile apps right so essentially displaying dashboards so it's not a traditional bot sense but it's essentially you know an nlp engine sending information right and collect uh, in, and, and pulling data onto this customer mobile apps uh, uh, built for you know different use cases for for all these enterprises that we are working for so you know these are very success, two successful um, you know, partnerships especially aws right which has been uh, where we where we have seen as an expert so uh, you know, and uh, you know, and, and whenever you know any new opportunity that comes in, uh, right? We uh, we always you know get excited with them and you know work along with AWS to essentially go and you know educate customer about the voice and you know the bots and and it's helping very well. It's been very uh, very very successful partnership. Yeah, I think that's really interesting that you're using dialogue flow to develop chatbots specifically because of course if if you're somebody who is very Google assistant savvy of course you're familiar with dialogue flows where you primarily design and deploy google actions but i think it's really neat that what you're doing at Regen is using you know that that same system and that same backend to develop intelligent chatbots as well so that those are some really interesting projects you're working on um so i i got a bit of a fun question now and this is one i haven't asked um a guest in quite a while but i'm really interested and what your perspective is and what your answer could be. You know, Gaurav, if you could develop a dream voice app, you know, you had all the resources in the world, all the money, all the time, what would it be and why? Oh, that's that's an interesting question. That actually, <laughs> uh, you know, because that's, I mean, I do have a lot of pet projects in my mind I would love to spend time on if I would have all the money in the world. Right, but uh, and and, I, and there are some organizations which are working on, and one of the, my my favorite ones is uh, you know I'm, I'm forgetting the name of it, but uh, you know one of the organizations which is essentially helping uh, you know patients, old people, you know essentially to create these voice personas, uh, which are uh, which which live you know through you know after after they have gone. Right. Oh, that's, that's yeah, that's really neat. Yeah. That's a wonderful application of a technology, right? Um, and you know, and 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 something that really want to spend my time on and, and probably work on. I don't know how, but that's a, that's a wonderful use of technology, right? Uh, imagine you know somebody putting all their wisdom, their experiences, 
all their uh, you know uh, you know all their memory right into 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 uh, into a place right which can be accessed by uh, by by their children you know grandchildren grand grandchildren right yeah you know imagine i would if i would if i can talk to and understand my my grand 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 grandson right you know for love to that that's that's wonderful te- use of technology i know there are a lot of companies which are actually working in that space now um, uh, that's that's a really uh, passion project for me if i would have all the time and money to do it at at some point of time uh, because i think that's a, that's a beautiful use of technology that that has not been done before and uh, that's not been explored ever uh, you know and and something that i think we would probably end up using at some point of time uh, you know in in the in the near future right yeah, I think that's an um, so that's incredible what? idea because, and I don't know if you caught the Super Bowl ad that Google did where they were doing that yep. back and forth of Google Assistant and the old man and he was asking about his wife and, you know, getting pictures of his wife and different things and getting some of that context and it reminding him of different things about his relationship. I know got me and I was reading, of course, on Twitter and some of the other platforms, people just love that commercial. And that kind of goes towards the idea you just had here where the technology can finally get to a point and people can build something that gets to a point where it can be, it, 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 it can record aspects of our life to be passed down over generations and remind us of things that that we may have forgotten. Otherwise, I think that is a very, very cool application. I, I really hope it gets developed at some point. I really do, because I think that's that's just... yeah that would help so many people. Yeah. And I think there, there are, uh, you know, the companies I know, which are actually working in the space and I'm, I'm following the names of their top of my head, but they are. And I think second, uh, very interesting use case, which is Google is actually working on in the, in the rural spaces, right. Um, in, in India, right. With people, with people which are essentially illiterate, who cannot read, right. Um, right. And, uh, you know, and there are a lot of folks like that, right. There are, there is, there is a bunch of folks. Uh, and, uh, interestingly, there is a, there, there are, there are more, there, there, there are more folks, right. Which are, uh, which can, which are using their smartphones, which are on TikTok uh, these days. Right. Uh, yep. and, and a bunch of, you know, that audience are actually cannot read and write. That's fascinating. Right. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and, and what Google is doing is essentially they're launching, uh, a voice only or a voice first phone, right? Where people can essentially, you know, understand, uh, you know, about market prices of what if they're selling vegetables, you know, in a far, you know, rural, uh, you know, town in, in India or far, a village in India, right? They can essentially know about the market prices, you know, what is so that they are not cheated on the market and things like that. Uh, I think that's a, that's a very, very good use of the technology, right? And, and voice, and one of the, one of the things that you know, I, whenever I'm talking to people, and I'm that's something that came up in again and again for me that the people who have not been uh, exposed to the the usual internet that we all know, right, where we we know about the websites and you know applications and things like that, are actually very comfortable with the voice. Right, people who are actually exposed to this the web that we know are are are, are a little uncomfortable and frustrating. But it's not the case which are with the people which are not exposed to, right? For example, mm-hmm. children, right, or are very young, uh, you know, very ch- young children, right? If you if you see them, they are very very quick to learn how to use a Google Home or Alexa, right? And as said, that's a default uh, uh, way for them to know information, right? And there's a lot of tweets that go around with a lot of moms sharing that how their young ones are, yep. you know, talking to uh, Google Home and taking an answer and you know, uh, whenever, and, you know, being smart about it and things like that. 
So these young children, right, which are which don't understand the web that the way we do, actually picks up these Google Homes and Alexa very quickly, and you know, and been able to use it very well. And Absolutely. similar is the case with with, with with a lot of old folks, right? And you know, uh, I I know that you know uh, in healthcare space there is a lot of work going on, and you know, all these uh, old folks are being able to actually. Uh, uh, you know, uh, being able to work with this Alexa devices and Google Home very well, right? So I think there is a there is there is a fundamental. Um, finally, right, the 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 technology is actually uh, going to masses, right? Uh, going to people who who are not um, usual, uh, you know, uh, uh, who are not usually consuming the content that we all are building, right? In in this technology world, right? In this internet space. And going to them and uh, you know uh, making the content accessible to them is, is a wonderful, wonderful uh, phenomenon via voice, right? I'm really excited about. So, man, uh, there's a lot of things I can keep on talking about. What all? We can I know, right? Because there's yeah, yeah, there is so much. There's so many different applications. Um, yeah. It's crazy. But no, I think you touched on yeah. some really good, some good points there. And I know when I was at at Project Voice, of course, Bradley Metrak was talking about how Katie McMahon from SoundHound has, has somewhat coined the term Generation V or Gen V for Gen Voice. And I, I, I think that couldn't be truer, uh, essentially to a lot of the points you made where it is so easy for younger children to use this technology. They really are Gen V. And I, I'm super, super excited as we move into the next couple of decades to see the outcome of that at exposing children and just younger people in general to this technology so early on and what they can do with it in the years to come, I think is going to be really fascinating to see. And I, I, I pray and I, I think, and I, I believe that a lot of good will come out of that. So, um, but as we kind of wind down here and, and wrap things up, I always ask this question of any guest I have on the show. What is one thing that you think someone can do today to begin leveraging voice tech either personally or within their organization? I think one thing that, uh, that they can do today is to actually, you know, start to buy some very cheap uh, Google Home Minis or, you know, Echo devices. I, I, I tend to be a little biased toward Google Home Minis, uh, you know, because I'm pretty much, you know, married to the Google ecosystem completely, but, <laughs> yep. you know, it, uh, but you know what they should do is that at least you know spend like hundred dollars, hundred twenty, couple of hundred dollars, and buy like four, five, six, seven you know Google Home Minis and put them in different places at the home, right? And um, and, and start interacting with it, you know, and they'll soon realize that uh, you know that how uh, quickly, right? Their 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 family members or their colleagues on the work, you know, start using them. Uh, uh, every now and then, right? Very usual, very common question that would come in, you know, how converting, converting currency, converting a, a pound to kilogram, taking an, you know, review of a movie on IMDb, uh, you know, asking a question about a specific medical uh, medicine or, you know, or an ingredient or understanding how much calorie would be into some kind of a uh, food that you are eating, right? And you'll realize that how natural it becomes after a point, right? Uh, for, uh, for everyone, right? So if, if you are interested in this space and want to uh, convince people, right? Or want to understand, you know, how it would actually work in the real scenario, just spend a couple of hundred dollars, go and find few minis, buy them and install it either in your home or in your workplace, 
and start seeing the magic happening slowly and slowly. I think that's excellent advice. And, and I even echo that advice to some people that I talk to who are wondering how they can get involved with the technology. It's always just start simple, invest in, like you said, a Google Home Mini or even an Echo Dot and just start conversing with it. Because to your point, again, when you start doing that and seeing how simple it is to get results from questions and just basic things, it, it's pretty incredible and life-changing. So but Gaurav, it's been a pleasure having this chat with you on this episode. I, I really enjoyed it. And, and I personally got a lot out of it as well, being able to, to ask you some questions more related to the business of voice and different things here. But if anybody wanted to reach out to you and get in touch with you, what are some of the best ways for them to do so? Sure. So I'm on uh, Twitter, uh, you know, G Mishra. Uh, if, if you can remember my name, Gaurav Mishra, just use the G word from my first name and Mishra of the last G-M-I-S-H-R-A. And uh, you'll, you'll, you can use that username on Twitter and find me there or just go to gmishra.com and you'll be redirected to my LinkedIn page. <laughs> and uh, you can contact me from my LinkedIn. I'm pretty much active both on LinkedIn and Twitter. And yeah, feel free to reach out to me on either of that. Well, so, Gaurav, it's been a pleasure again having you on the show and we'll chat soon. Yeah, pleasure being here, Nick. And good luck for the future shows. Yep. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Artificial intelligence. Voice recognition. Machine learning. Robot. You've been listening to the Artificial Podcast with your host, Nick Myers. Nick Myers. To stay up to date with all our latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. To learn more about how your organization can benefit by unlocking the power of AI and voice, visit www.redfox-ai.com. Until next time, 